0: This is EDC Rocks Podcast brought to you by Andrea Hedlund on Neuroscience, Psychology, and Education. Hello, everyone. Back to Reflections on the Road. Oh, hands on the wheel, man. Reflections on the Road with EDC Rocks. I'm inspired today. It just started raining. That's great, you know. It hasn't rained for a couple of months, I think, in Goiânia, or at, at least one month, right, where I live. So let's talk about something that has been bothering me for a while now, and it's concurrent classrooms, right? Some people call it a type of blended learning, but I wanted to, I don't know, help you raise awareness really of what's going on inside the classroom when teachers are doing that. So for those of you who are not familiar with the concept of concurrent classrooms, that's when you have in-person students in the classroom, the physical classroom, and you have students who are watching your lesson being basically live streamed from their homes, right? And this is a logistic nightmare, actually. Because first of all, what you're asking the teachers to do is not really hybrid or blended learning, right? So when we talk about blended learning, there are different moments in which students have to do something. And normally we can divide those moments into, synchronous and asynchronous, right? So synchronous is live. When the teacher is actually there with the students, Uh, there are many opportunities for more personalized feedback, more interaction, but then you have the asynchronous moment when it's recorded or when students have to do something, a task that has been assigned before, right? So what you're doing when you're teaching a concurrent classroom is actually neither, right? You are basically live streaming or broadcasting your synchronous lesson in the classroom with face-to-face, you know, in-person students, two students who are at home. And there are many challenges for that to happen effectively, especially when you're dealing with uh, teenagers uh, and, and kids, right? Young learners, even more complicated. This can work well at, I don't know, maybe the high school level or, you know, with older teenagers or adults. Uh, especially if you think about higher education institutions, like when you go to college, this is actually something that came from college, you know, from university. But when you're trying to replicate that in the classroom with kids and teenagers, it doesn't really work. So again, the teacher has to multitask, which is really hard because there is a camera, they have maybe headphones and a microphone, and they have to be able to assign the students who are at home something different from what they are doing in the classroom, the other students, right? And the problem is that the teacher needs to basically plan the lesson twice or even more because the teacher has to think of what the students will be doing while she or he uh, is explaining, for example, something. So online students will be doing what exactly and in-person students what? So this is not the best approach. I can tell you that from experience. I believe that one of the reasons why we're trying so desperately to keep this thing running is because parents, they need a place to to take their kids because they have to go to work. And that's also very complicated, right? So we have to think what would be a, a more, let's say, adequate alternative. I'd say we should really look at the theory in the practice of blended learning, like how it really happens. And there are models that we can adapt and implement. We don't need to have students at the same time in person and at home, right? Students from from basically different spaces working together. Now, one of the things we can do, I think, is the station rotation model that has to do with blended learning. So whenever you're doing the synchronous lesson, you should have stations with different types of activities, with different tasks, or even with different tools for students to rotate and then take turns when they're working uh, in that particular station. That's one thing that can work really well. You can also do a flipped classroom model. And then students will have to basically access the materials and the content asynchronously. And then you have to set up a virtual learning environment, a VLE, so that students can access. So Google Classroom works really well. They will have to watch a video. Maybe you recorded the video, or you got someone else. You got something from YouTube, or they're gonna have to read a text. Or maybe they're gonna have to, I don't know, look at uh, an infographic, whatever it is, or listen to a podcast. And when they come to the classroom and that's the synchronous moment, they're gonna apply what they have learned or they haven't learned yet, right? So that's exactly why the synchronous moment is very important. But again, going back to the concurrent classroom model, I understand why schools are doing it, I think, sometimes their hands are are really tied because of uh families you know needing a place to to drop off their kids so how can you make it work better well i think you have to look at some alternatives that come from the blended learning concept right so if you work with students in the classroom and some students at home It might be a good idea to have the students at home use the technological tools at hand because they are connected. They can uh, do the research through Google and then they can share the answers with the students in the classroom. So you can create an environment in which the in-person students will need to communicate with the online students to get the answers for something. And you can also try something that will basically isolate them into separate groups. So the online students, they will chat only with online students through the chat box, or they can use other types of you know, apps, WhatsApp, for example, or social media. Uh, whereas the students who are in the classroom, they will talk to one another. So again, you're doing a concurrent classroom, but you have limited the, the amount of interaction, which is not the best, really, alternative, but if it's the only thing you can do, so go for it, right? And the last thing I wanna to talk to you about is that if you are really, if your hands are tied and you cannot really do much, you're gonna to have to create a lot of resources for those fast finishers, right? So whenever somebody is online, especially online, and then they finish something quickly, there has to be a clear procedure, a protocol, for them to know what they have to do. So you can add something to the virtual learning environment so that they can actually go for it and do an extra activity, record something. And for those who who are fast finishers in person, you can always come closer to them, give more instructions, ask them to do something else, right? Because otherwise, it's not going to be something easy to deal with. I mean, it's, it is hard as it is. If you don't have a very good plan, and you don't know what's happening all the time, then it's gonna be a nightmare. My final tip, try to use visual aids, like signs, you know? You can get... Um, Like, be back in two minutes, sign. So that whenever the students who are at home don't see you, because sometimes you have to move away from the camera to go talk to the students who are in person, you have to leave something. Maybe you can leave a a link or you can write something on the board or you can make a sign that students know that you're going to help somebody who's there in the classroom. And you can even get... Uh, somebody to be a monitor from you know in the classroom for example somebody who will go to the computer when they finished fast to tell what's going on to tell uh, those who are at home and you can get somebody from their homes to make sure that they have all the links available that they present things you know so they can be the virtual monitor or or the leader or something like that. So you can call them whatever you want or your helper so that they will be responsible for sharing things with everybody when you're projecting uh, the screen, right? And again, I I also have many other tips, but really I think it, it comes down to what kind of equipment you have, the technology that you have. This is really hard to do if you only have one projector If you have two projectors, then you can actually project, you know, your students who are online onto the wall so that everybody can see everybody. So that's uh, an interesting thing to do. But if you have only one projector, so it might be hard for you to interact. Again, try to go blended learning and not concurrent classroom. Try to avoid putting students from different spaces you know, virtual and in-person together because you're gonna have to plan more and it's going to be exhausting and it's going to be very chaotic, all right? That's it, folks. More videos are coming. Reflections on the road.